Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Future Think Tank. Uh, this time it really is episode 16, so I got that right at least. Um, okay, um, so I'll start by saying that quite a lot has been going on um, for me uh, personally uh, in my life and I've been traveling around for a few months and I think I'm gonna touch on some of these uh, subjects, more personal things in maybe not in the next few episodes but in the next few months so I just need time to kind of uh, sort things out in my head and um, kind of process all the stuff that's happened. Um, so that sounds quite uh, cryptic, but anyway, um, hopefully some interesting topics will come out of, uh, of that. Right, now, um, where are my notes? It's a nice organized start. Um, okay, so, uh, this is Future Think Tank. Um, a podcast about how the world is changing and what to do about it. Here we, uh, and at the moment it's just I, uh, value trying to understand the world we live in as best we can in order to have a good bet at where we're heading in the future so that we can get involved and change our destiny if needs be, i.e. act. Okay, so uh, I wrote that little segment um, because I wanted to just get straight what the point of doing Future Think Tank is. Um, but the episodes in general are, are not scripted. So what I do is uh, I have a list of topics that I find interesting or pressing in some way. And what I've done for this episode is I've just sat down and tried to have a good think about this topic um, and today's topic is about sources of information like can can you trust can we trust sources of information uh, how can we assess how trustworthy some some information or news is um, so I've written some notes down and these are just ideas so the concept is they're just ideas that I've come up with. Uh, maybe, I mean, other episodes with, are done with other people, so we'll have more of a discussion. Um, but this, today, is just me talking about this topic. Um, okay. And I should say this, this is quite a backlog of topics. So I've got um, some interesting topics that I want to tackle in, in the next few episodes. So at the end, I'll mention at the end, potential uh, future episodes as well. Okay. Um, right, so obviously uh, this, sources of information, news, uh, obviously that brings to mind fake news, which is has been like a big thing in the last few years. Um, and what's happening in Ukraine now, um, this really is 
has become a very pressing issue. Um, and what I thought I'd do is I'd just sit down and think about what's happening under the surface to go a little bit deeper. Um, and these, I mean, these are ideas that, I mean, they're my ideas or things I've heard in conversation. Um, when there's something I've read about and I know where the idea comes from, then I'll say, okay, so. Um, but it's all kind of mixed up in there. Um, so what is truth? I mean, where is the truth? Yeah, it's a big question because uh, in Ukraine, you've got, uh, you've got Russian government saying um, Nazis or nationalists, extremists are um, firing, uh, you know, injuring and killing um, local residents, uh, especially from their point of view, Russians or Russian sympathisers. Uh, okay, and then you've got the West and Ukraine saying that um, that it's uh, the Putin's forces doing it. So the, these things can't both be true. Yeah, so this, this often happens when you've got, especially in all, when it's as black and white as a war, uh, this is often the case. You know, you've got... Uh, two claims, opposite claims, that can't both be true. Um, so I should say here, obviously, the reality is that it, you know, uh, the reality is that it might not be 100%, 0%, you know. Let's say one side, um, you know, makes a mistake or does fire on, um, you know, civilians. It, it happens in wars, unfortunately. So it could be more like 90-10 or 80-20. Um, so I just, this is like a note that I'm adding now just to say, you know, we should be careful not to be 100% zero, you know, good versus bad. Um, so that's a topic that I'd quite like to come back to maybe uh, later or on another episode. Um, Okay, so, so, so that's where, obviously, as I said, it, it's a pressing issue. It's very, you know, it's like the, the, the new story now, and it will be for some time. Um, so if we just take, so if we just take uh, the concept of news information, and then let's start by just working backwards. So you receive, okay, so the end point is that you receive information in the form of news okay let's just most of it is news you know whether you read it online or you see a, a video on social media um, okay and it makes you think a certain thing about something okay um, so let's say the, the information kind of arrives to you through reading or, or hearing yeah so it's now in your brain and that's kind of lodged there as, you know, some information. Um, now, that information was transmitted to you uh, somehow, okay? And the, med the medium of uh, transmission varies, yeah? So we've got uh, word of mouth, um, 
so you could talk you could be talking to someone who's seen something let's say someone's seen uh, a bomb go off or someone's seen a uh, russian soldier who said something to them or who you know committed an act they shot someone or maybe the opposite maybe they uh you know, acted uh, surprisingly kindly considering they're the enemy and did something. So it could be anything, yeah? So you've got something that happened and was ex was witnessed by someone and then it's transmitted. Um, so the, obviously there's word of mouth, but there's also... Um, so some of those people who are doing the witnessing, you know, they're journalists and that's their job to be as near as possible to... We'll just stick with, with uh, the war in Ukraine as the main example. Okay, so journalists trying to get as near to the action as possible. Let's say they would say, yeah, to 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 get as you know the reliable. Uh, let's say reliable. Um, evidence, information about what's really happening. Okay. Um, and then you've got the uh, source of information, okay, which is what actually happens. Now, this is an objective thing, okay. So, um, a bomb goes off, uh, uh, okay, a missile hits a hospital, okay. That's objective, okay. Um, the number of casualties, deaths, is also objective. Now, whether uh, when it gets later to arguing about actual casualty numbers and who fired the missile, which is very important, um, that's more complicated, obviously, because you need someone uh, to verify. You know, you need someone to have either seen the missile uh, being launched, and then someone seeing it kind of. Uh, hit or pieces of shrapnel from the missile, uh, you know, belong to this army or that army. Um, and of course that can be denied by the, you know, relevant army or government. Okay, so so then you start to get into grey, some more grey area. Okay, but it's worth remembering that what actually happened, yeah, unless we live in some weird parallel universes, uh, let's just presume that there is an objective truth there. Okay, um, and the, that often gets lost along the way, you know, whether it's a little bit lost or completely lost, okay, um, well, well, we'll come back to that, yeah, a little bit later. Um, okay, so that's just a kind of introduction, um, introducing the concept of, let's call it news, but information... Um, Trans transmission, yeah, from source to um, recipient, yeah, person who's taking it in. Okay. Um, so just go back over those processes, but in instead of going like backwards from the end, we'll start from the beginning and go into some examples that I just. Uh, I noted a few things down when I was kind of planning what to talk about. Okay. So we've got, number one, we've got the objective event. Okay. Now, um, 
as I talk about these things, I'm going to, because fake news and reliability of information is such a big topic at the moment, I'm just going to talk about obvious ways that, that the, this can be corrupted. Okay. So if we start just presuming that it's a completely clean, pure, uh, objective truth and then transferred to the person who's hearing the information perfectly, okay, which I think probably almost never happens. Yeah. We'll start with that and then, and then just discuss the ways in which that's corrupted. So um, the event itself, okay, well, you might think, well, the event's the event. It can't be corrupted. Uh, well, of course, we have faked evidence, yeah, and now what's becoming uh, more common is uh, uh, deep fake, deep fakes, which are, um, for example, AI algorithms, and we won't go, I mean, I don't understand it fully, but the uh, basic concept is that uh, you put in lots of data of a person, so they did it for Donald Trump, uh, they put lots of um, audio of him talking and then the algorithm you input into the algorithm what you want it Trump let's say the the fake Trump to say and it comes out with um, a pretty believable version yeah so if you if you hear it not knowing that it's fake it sounds pretty convincing um, and it's also being done with video although it's harder with video obviously it's a lot easier with audio um, and then the other one is is faked evidence. So this would be like, you know, um, for example, Ukraine fired a missile into Russian territory. And if uh, Russian authorities wanted to fake this, then they would just, you know, find some pieces of uh, Ukrainian missiles uh, that have exploded and, you know, take photos of the you know, manufacturer. Maybe it's a US manufacturer, so it's obviously Ukrainian, not Russian. Okay. Um, now that's quite an easy thing to do, yeah, uh, and it's quite convincing because it's um, the the problem here is that the difference between an actual uh, objective thing that's happened and the faked version. Um, there's not really they're hard to tell apart, okay. Um, so. They're just a couple of things to, to kind of think about, yeah? When you're watching the news or reading news, um, is what I'm seeing actually real, yeah? The deep fakes are gonna become more and more um, mainstream over the next few years as technology gets better. So um, that's gonna be quite a big problem. So I'll talk, so, so now I'm talking about more or less the problems, how, how truth can be corrupted. And at the end, I'll talk for a few minutes about maybe what can be done about this in the future. Um, okay, so then the second step, we've got the observation. Okay, so an event happens and then it's observed. Well, obviously, if something happens in the middle of a forest, um, no one's near there. You know, for example, a, meet, uh, a meteorite could hit middle of a forest where no one lives. Um, yeah, maybe like radar or something will pick it up. But 
if no one sees it, it might not be news at all. Okay, um, and obviously uh, there are lots of bad things going on in the world that are kept hidden. You know, there's uh, lots of things, uh, human trafficking, um, smuggling, I don't know. I mean, lots of things, which the point is to keep them secret, you know. And unless someone finds out about them, a journalist or some government or authority, um, no one observes them. At least no one who would talk about them observes them. Um, now, where, where can, how can this be corrupted? Well, um, at the moment, the observing is done by people, okay? And when people are involved, there's obviously big, big uh, opportunity for, um, for us to lose objectivity, okay? Now, this can be done on purpose or by accident. So, uh, lying is a uh, you know a pretty common human trait um, if the person doesn't like what they've observed or disagrees well they may not disagree with it but if they don't want it to be known that that's happening then they'll lie about it and tell people that they saw something different or that they saw something that they never saw okay so that comes back to fake you know deep fakes and it's kind of interconnected um, so that's the reliability of the observer, yeah, the witness. Um, another one is just exaggeration. So uh, people have witnessed something big, you know, people have been in war zones. Um, they, you know, the whole adrenaline and excitement of the situation obviously leads to exaggeration. And people do this with, without even thinking that they're, let's say, lying, okay? Um, but, you know, a missile hits a, a block of flats. Someone says, oh, it destroyed the whole building, whereas it destroyed, you know, maybe two or three rooms, yeah. Um, that's common and it's difficult to, to kind of, it's difficult to kind of stop, but you, you can also think about this if, when you're considering who's talking and where the information is coming from, then you can think about these kinds of things. Um, so then there's the transmission of the information. So a lot of uh, information now is transmitted online. So there's, um, it could be messenger well, today, we, now we have messenger apps. So we've got, you know, WhatsApp, Telegram, uh, what's the other one? Signal. Um, you know, and that, that seems reliable. Yeah. So that seems incorruptible. Um, there are different issues with that, which we'll talk about another time. But um, Generally, you, you expect what you write in there to be received as you've written it, yeah. Um, and that's easy to check. You know, you can just look at your friend's phone and see that what you've written is what's received, yeah. Um, 
Now, obviously, there were messengers, uh, mess people messengers, like from hundreds of years ago, before te- you know telephones uh, and the internet. They, so it was their job to transmit information, so that the information was in their head or on a piece of paper. Um, now, obviously, if the messenger is killed or goes missing, um, then you've got you know, the message disappears. Um, I mean, that can happen with technology as well, but, um, but uh, you know, if it's during a war, hundreds of years ago, and the messenger uh, disappears, you know, and, he ha- and he's carrying some important information, that's quite a major thing, yeah. Um, so news websites, um, these kinds of things. Um, and so I didn't write this down in my notes, but this was something I wanted to talk about. Um, I'm just thinking which uh, like category it would go into. Um, yeah, it goes into this one. Okay, so this is p- potentially a whole different episode about social media and specifically Facebook, well, Meta, what Meta do in all all of their applications, but, um, which is about, um, which is about the, um, who's who's transmitting the information, yeah. I'll cut. So I'll, so I jumped ahead. I'll come back to that in a couple of minutes. Um, right. Uh, the the last one is receipts. So the person who's who's um, receiving the information. Now, uh, people can misunderstand, mishear things. Okay, and there's also this kind of uh, there's also ambiguity. Um, which is possible and happens a lot in any communication. Yeah, so this is just day to day, you know, between uh, husbands and wives, friends, people in the street. You say something, it's either misheard or it's heard correctly but misunderstood if it's ambiguous, okay, um, or things can just have more than one meaning. Yeah, they can be interpreted differently. So, uh, that's just something to think about. Um, okay, right. Now I want to talk uh, about motives. Okay, so now we're getting down into kind of a level deeper. So we talk now about practical, like how, how it all functions transmitting information. Yeah. But the motives, this is, this is really gets to why like why people why is this information being spread um who's behind it how do they do it and why are they doing it okay so it's the, it's this question like why did why does anyone do what they do yeah motive uh what motivation so the first one and obviously potentially the biggest one is uh, economic okay so, 
who is making money out of this information being transmitted to me. Okay. So if you take traditional, let's just take newspapers. Uh, newspapers make money, or let's say before the internet, paper, paper newspapers made money by selling um, newspapers. Yeah, it's that simple. Now, um, the newspaper needs to make enough money to pay for all the people who work for the newspaper um, and ideally make some profit, okay? Because the newspaper is still owned by a person or a group of people or shareholders, okay? And that's, um, you know, that's capitalism. That's, uh, that's what you do. At least the number one aim is not to make a, a loss. And then if you're breaking even, then, then you want to make some more money, some profit. Uh, okay, and what you do with that profit, if you, you know, get better journalists, you know, give your journalists pay rises, keep more profit for yourself, okay, that's up to the people in charge, yeah. Um, now, um, so that's a type of business model, yeah. That's what we call now is paying, now with the kind of, with the internet age, it's, it's what we call like subscribers, okay. And a lot of traditional newspapers, uh, have already kind of converted to subscribing. It's usually monthly subscription. Um, for for a newspaper, okay, um, which has become just online, or they still have paper versions, um, print versions, um, but a lot of it is is consumed online, and you pay a subscription. Now, the good thing about a good thing about this is that the customers are the people who read the news and you'd hope that a lot of people reading the news want to find out what's really happening in the world. Okay. Now, obviously there are variations of this because also people who buy certain newspapers, they also like the, let's say the political um, philosophy of that newspaper. So they like to read things that agree with their philosophy. Um, but more or less, you'd expect people to want to know the truth, okay? Um, and probably I should mention here that actually news can, can be split into reporting and uh, commentary, okay? So you've got, um, you take any, I mean, I'm, I'm from the UK, so you, you take any newspaper, Daily Mail, uh, Guardian, you know, Telegraph, Times, they all they almost, I think all of them, uh, they have a, which is usually front page, kind of leading pages are usually what's called reporting. So what's happening in the world? Um, and then towards the, the central pages tend to be uh, commentary. Uh, so you've got writers and, and um, journalists writing about what it all means. So presuming that the reporting is, is done well, uh, why is this important? What can we do about it? Okay. So these are the, it's the kind of questions that like politicians are, are tackling. Okay. Uh, and that's where the politics of the actual publication comes into it. Okay. So a conservative one will be more, you know, let's, let's keep things the way they are. Uh, and like progressive liberal will be like, no, we need to, we need to, you know, we need new laws for this. We need to, progress and get away from outdated ideas okay 
So it's important to understand like that that difference as well. Um, okay, I'll come up to half an hour. So I, I kind of wanted to stay around, not go over 30, 40 minutes. So, um, right, so, so not too long to go. Um, so that business model should should work and should be relatively honest, okay? Uh, the subscription model. And then you've got, um, now there's another thing to think about which is the structure of the company structure of the publication, okay? Now, uh, a public company that's, um, that's, you know, whose shares, uh, equity could be bought and sold, Shareholders tend to be more influential, okay, and the drive for profit tends to be a bit um, stronger. So that's another thing to think about. Bigger publications might be driving for more profit, and of course they can make more money from advertising. Um, but they also... Um, if it comes to selling more, you know, uh, it can, so to make more money, you're competing with other publications and you might have to glamorize or exaggerate news to sell more, if you, if you see where I'm going with this, okay? So it's a kind of balancing act and you have, you have to, also, you should also think about that, okay? Dramatic headlines and, um, exaggerations um, you need to you, well you just need to know that you're potentially getting further away from the truth and more to uh, this company wants to sell more uh, for whatever reason okay um, yeah and I understand I'm a little bit low on examples here but it, these are just some concepts that I've come up with so or I mean that I've come up with them that they're, they're pretty common sense um, Right, I want to talk briefly here about, I mentioned before, Facebook specifically, but other uh, platforms, social media platforms. So they have a completely different business model. Um, and uh, there's the whole book about it, um, The Age of Surveillance Capitalism by Shoshana Zuboff. So I've talked about it before uh, and I'm going to be talking about it again in future episodes in more detail. But the basic concept is that, let's take Facebook, they make money 90 or 90 plus percent from um, selling, basically they, they sell, uh, they collect as much data as possible about each user, uh, they process the data with their algorithms that, that are incredibly accurate at, at kind of, basically defining the character of each user to then sell to advertisers for personal targeted adverts. Okay, that's called behavioral futures. Uh, so basically they, they can say more or less how a user will behave given a certain advert. If they'll click on it, buy something. And uh, advertisers pay more for this than traditional advertising, which is just kind of hit and miss, just show it to as many people as possible. Uh, now, the problem with this is that the customer is not the Facebook user. Facebook users don't pay anything. 
It's exactly the same with Instagram. Um, the customer <clears throat> are the advertisers because the advertisers, they pay the money to Facebook. Okay. And Facebook makes more money. They make more money the more data they have about you. Okay, and the more data they have about, how do they get more data about you? Well, they keep you on their platforms, Instagram or Meta, so which is like the you know the company. Facebook became Meta, so uh, that company that is controls all these platforms. They their aim is to keep you there for as long as possible to get as much data about you. And I'll go into, I'll, in other in other episodes. I'll go into more detail about this, but. Uh, the point is, to them, it uh, doesn't really matter what they're showing you and where the, where the news comes from. Um, they don't verify news sources and they might have, let's take Guardian, I, I mean I read Guardian so I, I hope it's reliable and it has kind of relatively good level of, of writing and journalism. So an article, an online article from The Guardian shared on Facebook or on someone's Facebook wall, will have equal weight, equally weighted as just uh, a fake, even fake newspapers or just some blog that someone's made up uh, with fake news on it. And obviously fake news, uh, it has, uh, there are no like value, they have no values or, or um, any kind of, um, What's the word? Yeah, um, well, values, I guess. Um, I mean, they, they just make it up it's to get as many clicks as possible, to make money. Um, and people are more likely to click on it because it's more sensationalist, especially if it's fake. You can make up anything and it's, it sounds like more interesting than uh, a well-researched factual article. Uh, so what this means is that some traditional newspapers, uh, they... They may be tempted if they're not making enough money through subscriptions to compete with, let's say, more like fake news by being more sensationalist. Okay, so that's like, I would say, a bad trend. Yeah. Um, and what happens is people get, people click on more and more fake news because it gives them a more kind of immediate rush, yeah, this emotional rush of, wow, that's amazing. And then Facebook gives you more and more of the same and less and less of the more boring, let's say, yeah, um, factual, reliable news. Um, so I would say, like, that's a bad thing. Um, <clears throat> so when we talk about economic incentives, okay, uh, that's a completely different business model to online publications. So you should really think about social media platforms and understand that their motivation is to keep you on there for as long as possible to get as much data about you. You know, how long you spend reading, what times you read, do you click on this, do you pause on that picture for a little bit longer and if the picture is like of, you know, war-torn cities, uh, you know, they'll feed you more of that and less of uh, other things. Okay, so, right, you get the point. Um, Now, um, bloggers, you know, they come into this, the same category as this. Um, just thinking of different types of online publications. 
Um, yeah, there's like propaganda, you know, anti-vaxxers. They, it's very easy for them. There are no, uh, they have no, um, well, let's say ethical, they don't have like a checklist of, of ethic, ethical values that helps them to decide what they publish and what they don't. Um, there's natural uh, birth groups who basically guilt women into, you know, giving birth at home or having a natural birth. Um, and with my wife and uh, giving birth to our son, who's now four years old, uh, this whole like area of, of kind of just basically propaganda that's not really it's not connected to, to really any scientific fact and and online groups facebook groups they take advantage of this and and news is presented in the same way as a reliable publication um so i'll talk more another episode about about that maybe more like our personal experience with that um okay next one uh for motivation is political so obviously um Political agents, political parties, and let's say states. I don't like to say countries in the current climate. Um, I mean, I don't consider uh, that, for example, Putin represents Russia. So, and I think it's misleading to say that. Um, so, let's say political agents or entities. Um, now, obviously. Uh, What's their motivation in showing distorted or completely fake news? Well, to keep political to keep keep political support, to maintain power, or to gain more power. Okay, it's fair. It's fairly obvious. So, if the information is coming directly from now, let's say Russian state media, which is fairly. I mean, it's basically now seems like no other media, at least coming from inside Russia. You know, you you could look at that very suspiciously. Um, and what's their motivation? Well, their motivation is fairly obvious. Um, at the same time, um, you know, uh, statements coming from the White House and from Downing Street, you know, in the U in the US and UK, anywhere, any country, you've got to understand that they're <coughs> it's political. Yeah. Um, president uh, of USA does not knows lots of things that he won't tell us um, but what, what these people say is significant yeah? what Putin says is significant knowing what his aims seem to be but at the same time you might not believe what he's saying um, but the Kremlin one of their aims might be to kind of find weaknesses in, in other countries and broadcast them. And these, these things might and probably are factual, at least in part. So if you kind of see, if you approach information knowing where it's coming from, you can interpret it, hopefully, uh, in a more kind of, basically get at what's, what's underneath to some degree yeah um now i've put i added like this third one which is personal 
for personal uh, motives. It's kind of less relevant here, but if you think, you know, um, people often lie or exaggerate about themselves for their own ego. Well, and you know, it, it's also, it could be just for, um, yeah, for personal gain, you know, in some way. I'm just going to leave that there. I don't need to, I don't think we need to go into detail about that, but um, it's something just to think about. Um, now, so those are the three things, main things I thought of. W what if... What if you think there are no ulterior motives, so no political, economic or personal kind of hidden agenda involved? Well, then you could be looking at honest reporting, okay? Um, investigative journalists, you know, spend many years investigating corrupt organisations, um, You know, and that, which can be quite a dangerous job. Um, those, I would say, are good places to go for news. And there are people who really believe in uh, objective, honest journalism. And what I say here is that, like, like I said at the beginning, it's, it, I don't think it's ever one hundred percent to zero. But there are definitely degrees of truth. Okay? So if you go through all, all of these things and, and you come out thinking, you know, I trust this more than this. Okay, I said before, I read The Guardian. Uh, I spent a, long, a lot of years um, in Russia. I'm uh, not in Russia now, but I think uh, they had uh, very good correspondence in Russia and Eastern Europe and some good like uh, reliable reporting so for me um, and they have quite good reputation and, and you know just based on reading articles you can kind of understand that this is this is worth reading and obviously you don't just read one source of news um, books written by journalists who've lived for years in certain countries um, under certain political systems now, of course, there's always personal things here, like journalists, they're people, they have an ego. You know, they're open to corruption, to exaggerating their role, you know, but like it just comes back to that, that you can't you can't get like completely objective news, you know. Um, so uh, what like what what to do about it? So. Um, Think about, like I said, like think about these things when you're reading news or, or trying to find out the truth about something. Um, and then bring it back to Future Think Tank. And what I'm trying to do here is maybe we can open like a discussion here. So if anyone listen, is listening to this and, and thinks, well, you know, things could be done about that. You know, there could be ways we could use technology to make this you know, to, to actually maybe get towards an objective truth that could be like un, undisputed, which which would be, you know, which would be good. Um, so what what could be done? And I'm just kind of this is like an open ended question, um, and 
you know, like, for example, develop independent journalism more. So come up with a, you know, like subscription models for online publications that uh, basically, for example, they could be, um, I've forgotten the term, but some organizations that they're, they're not public, public companies, they're owned by, uh, partly owned by the subscribers and the people who work there. Um, so the, their incentive is to, you know, is to be good journalists uh, and it's, even if they're making profit, it's not such a major uh, preoccupation. So thing, things like that, yeah. Um, right, I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna leave it here. It's coming up to 45 minutes, which is kind of like max, kind of around maximum time that I wanted to spend on this, but. Um, right, I will say, uh, that please email so at the moment it's my personal email which is b h d e c jones at icloud.com so i'm currently in tbilisi in georgia so if uh, if anyone listening to this is also here or nearby like great like contact me and we can meet up and talk about uh, these kinds of topics um like I said at the beginning, um, I've got a backlog of topics, and actually, I just wanted to read out just a few, few that I'm I'm going to be like thinking about for, for upcoming episodes. So uh, the idea of Im imposing um, one's will on others, so it's kind of like um, who decides, basically, the kind of uh, more political. Um, or political questions, and then obviously all these are tying in to uh, where technology is going and, and, and the future, so um, what can be done about that. Uh, another one, ethical capitalism. So I, I touched on it today with the difference between uh, public companies and um, kind of collectives, yeah, where uh, everyone shares in the same values and uh, shares the profits. And another topic is about resistance. I, I like this idea of passive resistance that kind of Gandhi was famous for in in the current climate of what's happening in Russia and around the world, and not but not just the the war in Ukraine. So, how how can people influence um, governments, organisations in a, in a kind of effective way? Um, okay. Um, so any questions, suggestions, feedback, uh, it's to that same email address. I'll write it in the show notes. And <clears throat> if you like, um, if you like the podcast, then just please share it. Like sharing word of mouth is, is the only way that I'm spreading it in the moment. Okay, so for at least for a few more episodes, I'm just going to um, put it out and see if people listen to it. Um, okay, uh, thanks for listening. And I will um, soon, hopefully in a few days, um, have another episode.
on one of those topics. Okay, goodbye.